welcome back to our daily podcast i'm your host <laughs> peter pope and i'm wait what's up gang what 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 is happening right now you're not you're not fank you're not coffee not fank i'm evan stepping into math this week you have small shoes to fill i hope you're <laughs> i hope you're prepared oh man oh man you know the good news is <laughs> that i am the i am the least knowledgeable on on odp so I'm, I, you know. Well, you're in good company here, so <laughs> <laughs> the things are good. Heck yeah! I feel like I feel like if I would have known far ahead of time that it was you, I'd have a long list of good questions for you because I feel like we share a level of interest and investment in Baylor sports. But I feel like our um, our circles that we've run in until maybe the last year or so have very little overlap historically. So I feel like there's definitely like a I don't know if saying old guard and new guard is disrespectful, but I feel like there's definitely like a, there's like waves of groups that we, we exist in separately. No, it, it, there has definitely been overlap over the, you know, past couple of years or so, mm. but, and I, I want to say Matt was the one who introduced me to your content and was like, he's a pure form of me <laughs> is the way he, Matt described him, described you to me. And, and I was I was looking over your Twitter. I was like, yep, yep. This like, is fantastic stuff. Like, Yeah, and I feel like I've met a lot of people who I'm glad I know now and I'm friends with, but I feel like Matt and I have gotten along so well because we do such a good job of hiding how just like plain and uninteresting we are, like generally, <laughs> right? Like, I feel like we've we've convinced so many people or at least some people that were we're not just your standard white but like that's that's really who we are like to our core <laughs> so i mean what's i mean you guys do a good job of hiding it and i mean i'm just i'm just as upfront as possible about it it's like <laughs> i lean into the peter is old joke like mm. it and it, the funny thing is is it's followed me in different aspects <laughs> of my life like law school and then straight to the podcast and then like independently like three different circles of my life completely independent of each other and through <laughs> no like doing of my own it just latched on to peter is so old and it's just like okay that's funny i um i feel like i mean i'm i'll be 28 this july so it's not like i'm having a midlife crisis or anything but i feel like the last few years i've leaned in to just how average standard of a guy i am like i feel like when I think about things like Instagram or whatever, like going through college and like fresh out of college, I was like, look at all these interesting and cool things I do. Look how, look at these shoes I bought. And now it's just like a picture of a tree. And it's like, hey guys, I travel for work now. It rules. And that's like the full <laughs> update I share with my friends. See, that's the thing that like, that's my deal and why I can't get into like, I I have Instagram and I use it all the time. And of course I scroll TikTok and all of that, but I don't post that much. Because yeah. my concept of, of photography is the not the selfie cam. It's the other one. Um, so, like, right. I'm so bad at it. I'm so bad at it. I'm like, and I never think about it. And somebody will be like, hey, let's take a picture. And they pull out their phone and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, okay. You want to take a picture of me? Yeah. Like, why on earth would you want a picture <laughs> of my face? <laughs> That's so funny. I, uh, I have a very interesting story. Like, just interesting path with Instagram. Cause anyone who knows me, like while I was a Baylor student, I was one of those people in college that was like the worst. I like posted every day and they were like pretty good pictures. I was like kind of in my bag. I was, my thing was like, I like climbed on all the buildings downtown and I hung my legs over the side. Like that was like, that was kind of the, the world I lived in. 
So like quasi artistic, quasi artistic yeah, stuff. I, I, I would say that I'm <laughs> a lot more artistic than I lead on to be. I just, I cared a lot about Instagram for a brief amount of time. And then I like, I've just kind of moved on with my life. But anyone who knew me like at Baylor, like that was like my thing. I think I have something in the range of like 1400 ish followers and I've gained probably 60 followers in the last nine years. They all <laughs> like they all happened while I was like a sophomore or a junior. And I like super leaned into it. And that was back when Instagram was like um, chronological, right? So you would post yeah. a picture um, in like 95% of the likes you were going to get happened in the first 10 minutes. So it was yeah. just like, like a dopamine, like flood. <laughs> and I was like, I, yeah. Rush. And I was like addicted to it. Um, yeah. So, so luckily, I've become a lot less vocally awful on the internet. I mean, I still am. It's just like a very different. It's just like very different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the thing is, is that like you're saying you're not very artistic, and the thing is, is that I, I, you have to be to be able to to be into coffee in the level that you are, <laughs> and with the niche sort of components and elements that you use in creating your coffee, you have to be yeah. a little bit artistic. Well, I feel like I kind of fell backwards into it because like when I was a freshman at Baylor, most of my experience was like couch surfing, making new friends, like like more on the Waco scene than the Baylor scene. And all of the people that I hung out with worked or hung out at Common Ground. So I was just there because I had nowhere else to be. <laughs> so I was just there all the time. And then um, I ended up like dating a girl who was like very like artistic and coffee forward. So I was like, okay, I gotta I got to catch up to her. So really, it was just I wanted friends and liking coffee was like the shortest path to it. <laughs> and then it stuck. <laughs> so, now, so now I'm here. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm. But yeah, you also going back to what you were talking about earlier, that just about Matt, I, I actually um, <laughs> I was the one that suggested to him that he was like, I'm taking I'm taking invita or taking applications to be guest hosts. And I was like, OK. Yeah, you got to let me come on and be a guest host with Evan. <laughs> and he was like, "Yes, totally." And you have to introduce yourself like it's it's your podcast. It's <laughs> like incredible. Okay. okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. That's, That's like, perfect. That's so fun. Okay, well then let me pick your brain a little bit. All right. So I feel like the the space that Matt and I occupy is it's it's a very like crass but I would say overall like harmless place to be in where you know, we, we tell a bunch of people to like eat shit on the internet and they both, and then people like look at us and we, we look and behave so harmlessly that they're like, oh, okay, like you're fine. Um, so if you had that kind of space, um, which I don't know if you do have that available to you as your internet presence, but assuming you don't, if you did, what are some takes that maybe you, you keep close to the chest because um, they're not really in line with how you conduct yourself? Like if you had that free space, what would that be? Do you have anything like that Baylor specific or just a general, a general sports thing you wish you could be more um, vocal <laughs> about? <laughs> um, I don't care at all for golf, but okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty upfront about that. Like, so I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I don't, I, I have spent so much time cause I was in my youth, I was a extreme hothead, like super hot take. Like I had really strong opinions about everything. Yeah. And it was all before the internet. Thank God, because yeah. I would have been like, I would have been out there. I would have put 
stuck my head so far up my ass i would have <laughs> never been able to pull it out like it was it would have been that right. bad but in you know in the interim i've like tried to temper it and especially once starting the podcast um in mm. 2013 it's like i have a voice now i have to be really careful about what i say and like and so i generally try to not be controversial uh, which yeah, is a problem that's fair but i've also like trained myself out of that thinking so i'm mm -hmm. like you know it, like i don't do any politics on twitter i do like my 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 twitter is baylor fandom and then like um <laughs> and then just like nerd stuff movies and, yeah. and whatnot general general white father activity <laughs> exactly exactly yeah and, and the wordle <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm wordle. still on wordle because you know ma'am I had to give up a few weeks ago. I had like a 70 day streak and then I missed it one day and I was like, all right, well, I'm not going I'm back. Done. That's I'm it. Done. That's it for me. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Like I, um, I feel like sports and talking about sports is how I get all of the aggression out of me. Generally. Like I don't think I've yelled at someone since probably 2014. Like it has been a very long time since I've gotten like visibly angry and you know, what's funny. You may have to bleep this out later, but Scott Kaufman is the last person I yelled at. He's the very, he's the most recent person I've yelled at. And it was like the weekend that we met each other. Um, that's actually a really funny story. I was I living. Absolutely could buy that. Oh yeah. I had moved into a young life house for the summer, uh, which I ended up living in for two years and it was great. But they were like, there's like 16 of them. And they're like, yeah, you got to meet all these people. You got to meet Scott. And like, I had kind of overlapped with a few of the guys. Cause I like did the common grounds thing, did the line camp thing. So I was just kind of, everywhere and nowhere all at once and uh scott came to town and uh listener scott and peter were, were co-workers in a previous lifetime yes and uh i was like what's the deal with this scott guy he's like he's like kind of rude i don't i can't really get his energy and then one night we uh it's so funny because i like he's like my best friend now but it's so funny because we were playing volleyball indoor at mars mclean in the summer because we just like had a key and we knew how to make it work so we we're playing volleyball and Scott was like moping around and all like pouty. And that morning I had gotten my wisdom teeth out and some people just bounce back quicker than others from work from. Good Lord. Um, yeah. I, I was fine. Like I literally went home, had lunch and I was good. Everything was fine. So I was like, all right, I'll go play volleyball with y'all. <laughs> so Scott's moping and he's kicking volleyballs against the wall. Cause he doesn't want to actually play. He wanted to go play sand volleyball. So he's just like being a big baby. <laughs> and the and the whole night he's like we're playing volleyball and he's kicking the ball like over the court like to the other side and it's just like kind of obnoxious but he's like the little brother of the friend group so it was like okay fine and as we're leaving like we finished we're done for the night he tries to kick the ball over the net one last time <laughs> and he drills me like in the face like my jaw right where i had like i like had gauze in there from my surgery my oral surgery earlier that day and I'm like bleeding. It's gross. There's gauze everywhere. And I just like tore into him. I'm like, because I didn't know that he's just a goober. I thought he was like <laughs> an asshole, but he's just a goober. Yeah. And I was like, I just met you. We're about to be roommates. Like, what's your deal, guy? <laughs> um, it's amazing. Like, well, that was yeah. the thing. Like, get it? Like, because I got to know Scott when he was he was an intern at at that for that firm and had no idea you knew him and mm -hmm. like so i just knew him and what he's like and then you were yeah. like i think what was it we were playing call of duty and you're like oh yeah, yeah. i knew a guy i know guys moving up to the moving up to the woodlands is starting a job up there i was like it's not it's never going to be my firm but who is he and you're like 
it's uh his name is scott kaufman i was like what (laughs) because little scott i mean again listener like imagine (laughs) the exact opposite of evan like in every possible aspect that's scott (laughs) like it's just completely yeah i mean and he's a really good guy but it's just it like like zero interest in sports like none whatsoever like he didn't even know that he was like, Oh, you went to the Big 12 champion. That was this weekend. The Big 12 championship was, I was like, Yeah, dude, uh, you, you went to school at Baylor. How do you not know this? <laughs> yeah, he's just, great. I love him. Um, how Scott and I bonded, and this is something I don't hide, but I just don't talk about much. I like played soccer growing up. I played, I was in the dream team of Baylor for four years. So I like, I'm like pretty good at soccer. I'm willing to go to the limb and say I'm pretty good, but that is where I get most of like my like actual aggression out. So I like, I've gotten in like more than two like actual like fights as an adult playing soccer. That's just, that's just where all of my negative energy goes. And it's tough when you're really good at talking shit and you're really good at something and you love to fight because I like have like an actual in the Waco men's league, like a reputation of being a dickhead. And it's so (laughs) funny because I don't get that anywhere else. So I feel like I live this like alter ego when I play sports, especially like soccer in Waco. It's, um, it's it's just the 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 Waco soccer <laughs> rec league and Twitter, the two players. And it really is. And like all of the refs out there are people I grew up like playing soccer with their sons, so they know I'm just like this like airheaded, like very non threatening guy. But I'm like I'm a little taller. I'm I was pretty fast when I was playing, and I was good. So I was a jerk. I was so mean to people. And it's like <laughs> it's not even like a ref yelling at a player. It's like my former coach and my friend's dad being like, "Dude, come on!" It's like like chill. like. Like, dude, I don't even work here. I'm just here for fun. And you're making this so much harder than it needs to be. Um, so that's good. Well, let's talk some Baylor stuff. What's sure. new? What have I missed this week? I'm in Knoxville for work. So I have, I've not been as tuned in as others this week, but we've got some quarterback news to talk about. Yeah. Um, pretty cool stuff. Um, here's what I think about it. I think it's probably the right thing that Blake Shapen is starting, and it's probably going to be better for us. I also wish that wasn't true. I yeah. love having a quarterback that I know for sure can run through somebody's face. And I've seen yeah. Blake Shapen try. I've also seen him get injured already trying it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't know. I feel like the the ceiling of Baylor football has been its offensive line play probably forever. But since I started paying attention like 10 years ago, and now that we have one that is going to be more than likely top two, top three in the conference – uh, it makes sense being more selective with the type of talent we have back there at quarterback. Like, I feel like we were looking at, like, if you're playing Madden, we were just sorting by highest overall for the last five or six years and right. rolling it out there. Um, so it's it's refreshing to have that kind of selectiveness where we can do that, but it is a bummer for a guy like Gary, who, you know, was the crown jewel of a recruiting class, stayed patient for three years, waited his turn, did everything right. And the worst thing he ever did was just get injured and gave someone a chance to beat him. So I'm very sad about that. Um, I wish him the best. I hope he lands at a P5 school and is starting this year. I I would be shocked if that's not the case. But um, that's everything I got. Yeah, I mean, I'm and I'm completely with you on that. It's it is so hard to watch a guy who performed at the level that he did all season long. I mean, he went ten and two as the starter. And, yeah. you know, I mean, doesn't have the greatest arm, but like 
it didn't matter. He took care of business and yeah. led this team, put the team in the in the position to win the Big 12 championship and got hurt. And that's the reason he's in this position, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. Like, it sucks because they've been up front all along that he's the hardest worker on the team and that he's showing yeah. up early. He's always the one, you know, Aranda joked about him beating Bohannon, beating Aranda to the coffee machine in the yeah. hires complex. Like, that kind of stuff is incredible to hear, and you want that in your quarterback. You want that kind of a leader. Yeah. So them to make that call in a quarterback, like in a quarterback competition, I can't remember the last time I've seen that happen. Like, yeah. where it's like a you've got a, an established starter who has done that and is that kind of leader, and he's in a tight competition with somebody else who whose ceiling is probably higher but whose floor is also probably lower. Like, yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're being really honest, yeah. to, to make the call to go with that, like that is the ballsiest thing that a head coach can do. Like that, making that call, yeah. I was like, damn, that's guts. Yeah. Like, and it really is like, I know other people have said this, so this isn't like an original thought, but like very cool on Aranda's part by doing it this early. Yes. Making it clear. Cause I, I feel like, a lot of coaches we've had here in the past and really just a lot of coaches in general. And not that this is even a bad thing, but a lot of those guys will maybe stretch that out and Mm -hmm. make that controversy go into the fall. So the guy can't transfer, he can't transfer to a rival. Uh, And I'm sure Aranda didn't just give him like a no strings attached, Hey, go find a team. But I'm, (laughs) it's cool to be able to, to have a coach who does that. And it's kind of implicitly saying like, Hey man, if you go somewhere where we play, like, take it easy on us right like it's yeah. it's a very very cool thing to see yeah no I, co- I i'm with you completely and it is i mean it was i was stunned when i saw the news mm-hmm. come across my phone on on tuesday night and then you know sad to see him enter the transfer portal but 100 percent agree that that's the right thing for him to do just because yeah. i mean he's got with COVID, i think he's got two more years of eligibility so he's got time yeah. to play and he yeah. absolutely deserves to be a starter somewhere. And I think, mm-hmm. I think you're right. I think he's got a shot at being a P5 QB. I don't know what the, what the options are that are out there, but he should have a string of suitors lining up at his door right now. Just yeah. And I feel like quarterback is the one position where you might be set for next year, but you're never not looking right. Like I feel like there's there's very little actual job security for a for a a college quarterback. Yeah. You know, there's, there, there's a lot of talent out there and coaches have proven time and time again, that there's that loyalty really isn't baked into many decisions, right? They've, <laughs> they've got checks to collect. Well, you know, and that's, that's the interesting th- thing. Cause the one place where I feel like loyalty, at least, you know, going back to the competition itself, loyalty is a, a thing. Maybe it's not loyalty. It's not the right word. It's the, you ride you, what you dance with the horse that brought or dance with yeah. the one that brung you or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Mix in some metaphors. I don't think you dance with horses, <laughs> but uh, um, it, it's that, it's that sort of a thing where, you know, you had, I, I'm trying to remember. I mean, we'll like <laughs> our, our, our favorite Charlie Brewer in 2020 when gosh, I mean, it, it was just like, they just rode him into the, into the ground. We and, won two games that year, and yeah. we had our third best quarterback taking one hundred percent of the meaningful snaps. And 
I don't exactly. get it. <laughs> exactly. And so, and you know, and, and that is, that's the MO. That's the standard yeah. thing you see with, with, with coaches is, you know, and, and it's easy to sit on the sidelines as a fan and scream for the backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Everybody does it every year where there's a QB that struggles. But yeah. when it's at the top of their game and they make that call, like, man, that's incredible. Yeah. And Aranda continues to show me that he is not your average coach in that yeah. he's willing to make those kind of decisions. He's willing to fire his offensive staff after one year. And yeah. he's willing to go from like punting it on the 38 in year one to never punting inside the 50, like that sort yeah. of thing and making it the call to go with the backup instead of the starter, because he's the one that's outperforming the other. Like that's just, man, yeah, it, it's crazy. And you know, like everyone else, I feel like I live in kind of an echo chamber on a lot of levels on the internet, but I feel like I don't see the way I see a lot of schools and their fan bases respond to to bigger decisions. I feel like the energy is very different when it comes to, you know, things I've seen Baylor do. Like getting rid of your Big 12 championship winning quarterback, you're it's a safe bet to guess that's not a universally accepted decision, right? Like right. that's 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 not a thing that we can all be like, all right, that makes sense. He only gave us the best season we've ever had and <laughs> largely because of his legs, you know. Yeah. Um, like sure, fine. Like I I don't the response I saw was very encouraging, but very surprising um, and kind of frustrating. I want, I want it to be a little more spicy in these streets. You know, I don't want us to get along on everything. I don't, I don't have any fun when we're all agreeing. The the spiciest it got was like, I saw one or two people the night that the announcement happened, mm-hmm. like fire off a couple of tweets that were basically in defense of Gary, which I mean, come on, how you can't, it's, that's not all that spicy, but at the yeah. same time, like, then the next day they walked it back. <laughs> it's like yeah. after so after thought and contemplation and prayer, I have decided. You know, I've backed off yeah. my uh, my hot take position here. It's like, yeah, yeah. And and my assumption is, if you make a quarterback change decision in April, there's probably very little internal debate. You know that that's not something where you're like, well, you know, maybe we can maybe we can switch it up. You don't yeah. you don't make that kind of choice in April five months before your next game that's a Um, really good point it was a yeah it had to have been a clear decision for them to make it because yeah they have to do it and they have to do it to let the kid transfer too if he wants to so so good on them that's all i got for that yeah that's impressive um what else we got uh, what else is there we had we did have the spring game did you watch it did you uh catch any of it or highlights or anything well, no, and I'll tell you why. I um, this is going to be a long story that's not very relevant, but <laughs> I am traveling this week. I'm in Knoxville, and I my preferred travel company is Southwest. I've become very loyal to them. Southwest has no direct flights to Knoxville, not one. Um, so I flew on a airline called Allegiant Airlines. It was my first time. Um, and I'm not sure how familiar you are with the Austin airport, but there's like one huge terminal, really cool, a lot of, a lot of neat stuff. And then there's like a tiny one right behind it where like frontier and like two other tiny airlines fly. <laughs> there, there's no food in it. There's no hot food. It's like one concession stand. And that's it's it. Like 
ceiling's um, about eight and a half feet yeah, tall. It, it, it's one of those. It's like you walk outside up a ramp to get onto your plane. It's one of those. Yes. And uh, my flight was four and a half hours delayed. And then we got on the plane and we sat on the plane for two more <laughs> hours before we flew. And I, I showed up to the airport early thinking it was the main terminal. Oh, that's get, right. Like, I saw your yeah. tweet where you're like, I'm showing up three yes. hours to get, like, uh, a, to and get I, a really big I actually, big lunch. I kind of like, I didn't tweet about this at all. So I haven't told anyone about this outside of like my girlfriend. So I was supposed to go on like a podcast earlier this week to talk about the spring game. It was going to be that evening. So I was going to watch the spring game highlights on my computer, do some reading, you know, familiarize myself. But once I saw that I wasn't landing until 11, I was like, I messaged the people. I was like, Hey guys, not going to work. So I haven't watched a, a lick of the spring game. But my travel gets worse because I land in Knoxville at 11.40 local time. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm working this week, right? So I had to go to an office like first thing Tuesday morning and like, you know, be a person who's at work. Um, so I'm like, okay, let me just get an Uber to the hotel, sleep a little bit tonight and be fine. No Ubers in this whole town. Not one. <laughs> it's no lifts. Yeah. No list. I mean, it's a college town, so I was like, surely someone's grinding. Well, that's true. Nothing. Nothing. Not one. <laughs> nowhere. Nowhere to rent a car. Um, all the cars were taken. There was nothing for me to do. So I ended up googling Knoxville taxi at one twenty-five in the morning Monday night, and this woman answers. She says taxi service, and I'm like, Hey, lady, I'm at the airport. Can you pick me up? And she's like, Yep, it'll be an hour. Hangs up. Doesn't get my information. <laughs> doesn't give my name. Doesn't do anything. <laughs> you're just, um, can I hit? So you, yeah, you're yeah, just waiting. Yeah, They're gonna just hour. drive by. Hopefully, oh, they see you. It gets it gets so much weirder. This was such a bizarre thing. I can't believe I haven't shared it. So, like, forty minutes go by. I get a call from the lady, and she said, "I just I don't recognize the number." So I'm like, "This is Evan. What's up?" And she's like, "You still need a ride?" <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, sure do." She's like, "All right, I'll be there in seven minutes." Hangs up. Still doesn't get my information. Doesn't get anything. Um, she pulls up and it's like, obviously her big yellow taxi front of the car's all messed up. Windows are down. Like my person, honestly, like, like very much someone I get along with. Um, <laughs> she gets there and she calls me and I, I pick up the phone and I say, hello. And she doesn't say a word. She just like pokes her head out the car and just like points at me. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is what we're doing. Like, I'm just, this, I'm just using you for your, for you yeah. putting your phone to your ear. Yeah. Glad you didn't have like your AirPods in or something. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was, I had, I'm so patient. I'm so understanding. I'm very much like, it's hard to shake me, but it was one forty, and I would, I had been shaken. I got to the airport 13 hours ago and I was fed up. (laughs) Um, so she comes over there. She got some stuff. She's so nice. She's like chain smoking. She's like all these, like, like wearing shorts that like don't fit her. Like, but she's so nice. And we hit it off immediately. Like we're like already joking in the parking lot. So it's fine. So we're getting in the car, we're doing all this. And this woman who's about my age walks up and she's like, are you, are you a taxi service? And she was like, ma'am, I'm working with him. Like back off, like one of those. And I'm like, oh no, like, please come on. Are you going downtown? Me too. Like we can share this. So we get in there and she doesn't say a word. She just starts driving. No names, no where you're going. And I'm <laughs> like, just, I'm, you're just, you're going wherever she's taking you. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, I'm going to 525 Henley. That's like my hotel downtown. And she's like, great, you got cash app? <laughs> and I'm like, sure. So she's like, all right, that's be 40 for both of y'all. So I cash app her money. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a hostage at this point uh-huh. if I don't pay her. 
So I pay her and the girl's like trying to like download cash app, scan it. And I'm like, lady, if you Venmo me $40, I will then cash up her those dollars. So we do it and it happens. So I send this woman $40 or $80 at 2 a.m. And like sidebar, my company is not gonna reimburse me for that Uber. So there's like, <laughs> there's there's no way. Um, so then I get a call from my bank and it's like, hey, you cash up someone you don't know twice in the last five minutes. Like, are you good? Um, so we- <laughs> Are you in distress? <laughs> right, exactly. So we stopped for her to get gas. And then she gets us home and she was a great tour guide. She pointed out everything for the city. I learned all about the World's Fair in 84. Um, so all that. So to answer your question, Peter. That's yeah. amazing. So to answer your question, no, I have not watched the stream game. <laughs> <laughs> but how was it? What are your thoughts? What you it got? was fantastic. <laughs> I, <laughs> see, when you're like, no, I haven't watched it. And, and here, there's a reason. And I was like thinking you were going to go into like yeah i'm just not a huge fan of spring games you don't they don't mean anything blah 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 like no no no. that That was was just the worst day of my life that's all that was Um, that was much more entertaining than yes the actual game actually i love baylor spring games i went to the i yes i went to the 2005 baylor spring game when sean bell was still a quarterback and i went on the field after and i got him to sign a football and Daniel Sepulveda took his cleats off and I took the soles out of his shoes. I kept them for like a year. They were just in my, they were just in my like house. Sepulveda's this... shoes. My, my dad would always say whenever people come over, he'd be like, yeah, you know that Baylor punter? Evan stole his soul. And I had him back in the room. It was my dad's <laughs> favorite joke for like two years. But I'll never forget that day because we're watching it. And I am still have like a very conceptually loose idea of football and Baylor's place in the world. So we're watching the game. And my dad leans over and he says, going to be hard for Baylor to lose this one. And the joke didn't land for like six years. I didn't know what the joke was. I didn't know why he was laughing so hard. But when it finally hit me, I like called him and I was like, dad, <laughs> that joke. I was like, dad, that joke was outstanding. That was such a good joke. He's like, what are you talking about? You're like the yeah. joke you told me yeah. at the spring game. Yeah. So I love Baylor spring games all in form. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. I see. I am typically not a huge fan of the spring game, mm-hmm. um, mainly because they didn't have them when I was in school. And I mean, because, you know, I was there and it was the start of the dark times. So mm-hmm. 96 to 01. So I had um, the last year of Chuck Reedy. And then I don't even remember the guy's name. And then uh, and then Kevin Steele. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just it was miserable. It was absolutely miserable. They didn't do spring yeah. games. Um, and then once they started televising them here, it was like, you didn't learn a whole lot. You, you yeah. got all hyped for it. It's, it's sort of like, I, I feel the same way about NFL preseason. Cause that's mm-hmm. just, I like everybody gets all excited. It's all a bunch of hype about absolutely nothing. The game yeah. Is terrible. And it's, you're just excited to see a football field. Yeah, exactly. That's what mm-hmm. people are getting excited about. This yeah. one was, this one was, um, the most entertaining I spring game I've ever seen, because at least from Baylor's right. perspective. And it's probably because the team looked as close to game ready as they ever have in a spring game. Mm-hmm. You had your offensive line performing really well. You had your, your defensive line performing really well. Um, yeah. You, I mean, just a, just a really, 
really solid effort from those guys. You had quarterbacks doing their thing. Shapin looked really sharp. Um, Squirrel Williams balled out, which was Mm -hmm. phenomenal to see. That dude is fast, and he is shifty, and he's Mm going to be a lot of fun to watch. Um, Yeah. And so, you know, it's a not normally my thing. I didn't get to watch it live because I was traveling to Lake Charles to see uh, family, but mm-hmm. watched it on, I guess it was Monday before we recorded our podcast. and was like, dang, this is, this is fun. This is actually pretty yeah. good. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was good. stuff. Um, well, it's been so long since there has been like actual real life, like hype for us arounding, like surrounding the beginning of a season. Like, you know, it's true. we, we haven't had a good season where the end of it, we're like, all right, next season we might cook too. I mean, it's been like probably eight or nine years. And the last time we had a really good season and we're expected to be better the next season, um, the world blew up. The world blew you know? up. That's so exactly it, so it's great. So it's weird. Um, having these high expectations and then being able to like see proof that we are very eligible to cook very soon like seeing it with your own eyes you know um i'm very excited about this team i think offensive line play has been the one thing that has like follow like our, our how good we actually are has matched how good our offensive line is yeah um for as long as i can remember and pretty good so you know looking forward it, to that. it's funny because going into the off season this year and thinking about the 2022 season thinking being really really excited about it but in the it's the first time that i can remember being excited about an upcoming season not based on skill positions at all like yeah like who's our running back going to be i don't know who's who, who are our wide receivers going to be who knows but yeah. our offensive line and our defensive line are going to be the best two units you know in the conference or they're going to be up there at the top in the conference for those lines. And that's going to be the basis of the team. And that's where you win. And yeah. So it's just a very weird feeling to be super optimistic about a team based on non flashy skill position guys, but it's the the trenches. It's a good time. Um, Have you decided how many games we're winning this next year? Cause I have a number. I have not yet. Um, give me, you know what? I'll come up with a number here. That'll be my hot take. Okay, What's your number? I'll go first. I think it's 11. I think it's 11 this year. Um, the only thing I'm, the only actual game where I'm like, oh, not sure about this one is BYU on the road. Mm. I just feel like we haven't had a true non-conference road game that meant a hoot. In quite in like quite some time, you know, yeah. We, yeah. we haven't had a big marquee out of conference road game matchup, um, and I just feel like that's something that is very hard to game plan for, especially when the road games we play in conference are so hard. You know, our, we got a lot of energy going towards those. Um, that's that's the one. That's the one I'm nervous about. But I I see eleven of them things this year. Man, the one thing about this is the schedule is so brutal. It's the yeah. even year schedule where we go on the road for literally everybody, you know? Yeah. And that's, that's the one thing about it that keeps me from just jumping on that bandwagon. But I'll say 11 too. Also, 
and it, I am yeah yeah I'll, I'll go eleven. I, I yeah. think we beat. I think we. There's a really strong chance we beat Oklahoma. Everybody's high on. Oh well, you know, Venables is is going to bring in their guys and and everything. And it, it's a new coach. Yeah, it takes a year any, to build a system at the very least. So, yeah, if there's anything like, I've learned, year zero is is unavoidable. So we'll see how that shakes out for them. But you know, I feel like a year zero for Oklahoma. That's still seven, eight wins. Yeah. Just no, absolutely. Us. Just not over us. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't um, think so. The, the thing about this year that I'm most excited about is we are going to be playing in Austin for the final game of the season, and there is no chance that the vibes are good in Austin by that time of the year. There's a 0% chance the vibes are, are sticking around. <laughs> the hype There's train just no is, way. The hype train is already rolling. It's so yeah. funny. Like it's yeah. People are talking about, oh, with the amount of talent that they have on that team – there's just absolutely no way that they cannot compete. And I'm like, have you watched the past yeah. decade? This isn't even their most talented team of the last decade. I mean, they're going to be good. Yes. Allegedly. Yeah. But uh, there's the worried. place. There's there is my uh, the place where I get the most ranty. And it's about mm-hmm. Texas. And that's where I purposefully temper. <laughs> well, come temper on. On Texas. Bring it on. Like <laughs> No one listens to us. <laughs> <laughs> I Texas is my, that's my, like, I, after the way that they handled us in 20, and, and everything that went down when the world blew up, which, mm-hmm. and it did rightfully so, but the way that they did it where they t- immediately turn around and they're like, who can we snatch up? From this, yeah. the guys that are getting let out of their NIL and waste. Who can they snatch up in waste? Yes, exactly. And that was a long list. <laughs> the, the answer to that question is all of them. <laughs> the whole I, gang. Yeah, I, it's just it's that school is is a cancer, and it's a cancer in every aspect. And I yeah. I could go on for hours about that. It is the way that their athletic department. It, it operates. It is. They expect everything because of money, and that's that's nasty it. work. That, that's nasty. It. Yeah. Um. I'm glad we're talking about this right now because the NFL draft is happening. We're on pick number twenty-four. Oh yes. And we are eight picks away from my favorite streak extending to sixteen years. <laughs> oh, is it get, it is, is it sixteen extend? years since the last Texas Longhorn. Offensive player heard their name in the first round. That's right. You heard here first, folks. Vince Young, the last offensive player from Texas to be a first round draft pick. Vincent Young. <laughs> that, is that is the greatest nasty. streak. It's the that greatest streak of all time. It's so incredible. Like, that and is gross. It is it's there terrible. Are, there are people going to prom this year that have not seen Texas get a first round draft pick on the offensive side. That is nasty. Uh, that street, that drought is longer than the dark times for Baylor football lasted. Yeah. All of them. If you smush them all together. <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's I mean, nasty. that's incredible. Incredible. Um, Fank just texted me also, and I, and I want to get your, your opinion on this. This is a complete shift of, of topic, but Miami's right. Isaiah Wong will enter the NCAA transfer portal tomorrow. If his NIL compensation isn't increased, his agent, Adam Pappas, told ESPN, Isaiah would like his NIL to reflect that he was a leader of an Elite Eight team. Hey, don't get your money. Hope someone pays you. That's what I think. (laughs) 
That's... I see so many people so less talented than college athletes making so much money. I'm all yeah. for it. Someone will pay you. There, there is a desperate University of Louisiana at Lafayette donor who will cut that check. Go play for him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I mean, I'm I am in favor of them of them getting that paid, but that's blatant and we're not even a year into this thing yet and he's yeah. already like it's already threatening to leave the university like that's it's gonna be the wild west for it like is, two years it absolutely is the wild west that's for mm -hmm. sure you're gonna see i think we're here's my hot take about nil we're gonna see a heisman trans or we're gonna see a heisman winner name his price after the ceremony that's what's gonna happen so if you like what you saw this year i'm four hundred thousand dollars away baby Oh and my it's gonna gosh. work, and Ohio State's gonna win a championship off of it. I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's probably gonna happen. <sighs> um, it? so well, any, what else you got? You have any other thoughts about the draft? Um, other than, I mean, other than the greatest thought, which is the the streak. The streak is a big piece. I'm kind of like in the NFL wilderness right now. I like. I grew up a Saints fan because my last name's Bear and all my family are, but like I've never felt a, a true deep connection to the Saints. So I've been pretty vocal the last few months about being sort of in the NFL free agency market. Wait, wait hold on, um, hold on. You, you don't feel like an affinity for the Saints, even though your dad like provides on-field pyrotechnics for them? Yeah, well, so it's, it's like my brother's friend's dad, but it has been oh, okay. very cool. I, I have gotten to do some cool stuff the last few years. I've been very lucky that Baylor has played there so many times. But it's just like, <laughs> you know, when I watch the Saints play, it's just like this is a team that I'm watching. I don't have a lot of connections to players. Um, I was like 11 when they won the Super Bowl, so it was just like a thing that happened to me. It wasn't like something I that was cathartic in any way, you yeah. know? So, you know, I don't go out of my way to watch them right now. I'm not a, like a Jersey owner. Um, so I've, I've put my name into the transfer portal. It's looking like I might be giving the Chargers a shot this year. They got Herbert slinging it. I'm a big fan of that. That's what people call me before they know me. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think I'm really considering the Chargers this year. That's where I'm at. Herbert. <laughs> I'm just going to start calling you Herb. Everyone does. Yeah, it, it's awful. Herb. And like, even, even like now I've, it didn't really ever bother me that much, but now it really doesn't bother me. So that's just what I lead with at like bars or at restaurants. And they're like, really? Oh, what's tab? And I'm just like, yeah, Herbert, you know, with an H and they don't even correct me. They're just like, yep, that's what this says. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. I got um, nothing else. I don't think I have anything else either. All I right. thought I would, but here we are. Yeah. 42 minutes in. We made it. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, thanks for hanging out, Peter. Yeah. You want to tell the gang where they can find you? Yeah, sure. Uh, you can find me at Peter at, at Twitter as PB Pope. I can't even speak anymore. Uh, and then, of course, our daily podcast, which is our daily podcast on Twitter and then on all the different platforms. So, yeah, it's got it's got the goods. I'm trying to think. I spent a lot of years as like an ODB reader and in-class refresher so i'm trying to think if i have any odb specific memories i'd like to share with you um actually this is kind of funny i think this tweet has been deleted now but it's been seared in my head i was in christian scriptures class it was the year 2014 
and Gary Patterson had made some like offhand response about like check on what's going down there in Waco, and the Our Daily Bears official account I think tweeted something like is Gary Patterson insinuating that there's something happening in Waco and that Art Bryles is like anything but a good man? (laughs) (laughs) And like, and like, and, and, you know, at that point in time, that was a very safe, very, very, a very acceptable thing to post. It was received very well. Um, But I don't know why, but that, but that, but then the world (laughs) exploded. Um, but I don't know why that has stuck in my head for so long, but that, that is probably the, the most deeply seated ODB memory I have. Oh my god! I get to share that with you. You know, (laughs) the thing is, is that that fall was uh, like the year that I basically ran that fall. I ran the blog. I did not run the Twitter account, uh, Mm -hmm. but Mark, Mark had found a new job and was like super busy. And so he's like, Hey, can you, can you help me run the blog this fall? And I was like doing a bunch of traveling for work and sitting in depositions that were taking eight hours where my part of it lasted 15 minutes or so. Mm -hmm. So I had ODB up and Gary Patterson was spewing nonsense every single day. (laughs) And so all I had to do was find the article that Gary, where it quoted Gary Patterson, link it, create a little snippet that goes into a, (laughs) into an article on, our daily bears get a load of this post guy it, <laughs> post it it kicks out to twitter post it to facebook and the numbers just skyrocket i mean oh, i bet you'd get hundreds of comments like <laughs> thousands of page views on these innocuous nonsense like quotes from gary patterson it was like yeah the dude was the gift that kept on giving but that like it was <laughs> and i'm just sitting there like listening to the the dumbest deposition i've ever been in and yeah. like and like just watching the numbers roll, it was so fun. <laughs> uh, that is awesome. That reminds me of one last ODB story I'll share because I think it's very funny. I have said some pretty vile things on the internet for a long time. No. A lot of them at a lot of them at Gary or about Gary. He never blocked me once. He, I know he saw the things I said. He never blocked me once. Um, ODB, our Daily Bears gave me the opportunity to write a few articles this last year. I'm cutting my teeth in the writing game. Yeah. And I wrote about how some of my favorite Baylor games in history and what song they make me think of. Pretty pretty straightforward stuff. But one of them was a good article. Was, thank you. One of them was about the game in 2011 where we beat them at home, just took the season off. And I just, you know, just had like a general idea about it. Didn't tag him, didn't tag, didn't like just wrote something mean about him in, in the yeah. actual text, not yeah. even in the title or anything. He blocked me like six hours after I wrote that article. <laughs> <laughs> so of course he some, did. It somehow found his way, its way to his desk, and he found it, found the name of the author, found me, blocked me. That's, yeah. Like, cause I feel like <laughs> I did not ever mention him. I got blocked in like mm-hmm. 2013, 2014. I think it was probably from ODB, from yeah. him figuring out like them tracking who's writing on it and then tracing it on Twitter and figuring out who yeah. it was. That's that had to be it. So um, that's hilarious. I keep saying last, I keep saying last thing, but I have one more thing yeah. Something about Gary Patterson. I'm like, I think everyone is, but I, especially I'm like pretty over like the sweaty towel jokes, all that sure. good stuff. Here's something I'm disappointed in the Baylor community about for three years. Gary Patterson's towel girl was Charlie Brewer's was sister. Charlie. And we Brewer's never, and we never said a thing. Which is probably respectful and right, but we never said a thing. No, 
someone's got to have something there. How did that? How did that not explode in 2020? When how was it not a thing ever? What, wasn't like she like crazy pills? Didn't she like insinuate that he'd gotten death threats or something? Yeah. Like, and I've seen our fans. You know, I'm not. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, like the the uh, connections have been there, right? Yeah. She was his towel girl, like the towel girl for like yeah. three years, and we either out of we ignorance let it slide. or out of respect, whatever, whichever dumb thing. Um, didn't say a word. Well, I would so, have expected dude, you to lead that charge. So I know, and I like thought about it, but it was kind of like it was kind of a gray area for me. So I sent it to a few people, and they're like, "LMO, you LMAO, you can't." So yeah. I didn't, but I was like, I was like, someone has to, uh, and they didn't. So missed <laughs> missed opportunity for us it, there. Y- yep. That's true. So, all, right. all right, man. Well, thanks for hanging out. 